it's uh, Wesley Harding here, and uh, Pastor Jason asked me to come along and uh, fill in for him today. I'm just so honored to do that. Uh, we recently moved out here. I've been a pastor for about 22 years in Denver, Colorado, in Los Angeles, uh, California, and here. So we are excited to share the word. I just have to ask you, how are you doing? You know, we are living in some really weird and unusual times, and just want to make sure that after uh, Pastor Jason, what he said last week of resting and and waiting and, and how difficult it was, and he talked about the three mile per hour God, I have to confess to you, I hope he doesn't hear this, but listen, it was really hard for me to move three miles an hour. I kept tripping over my shoes. I kept tripping over the curb. I just couldn't do the three miles an hour. I think I fell asleep a couple times and woke up someplace where I wasn't. So I hope you all didn't have those experiences. I hope you did really well. And then also he was talking about, you know, people drive in the fast lane. That's the devil's lane. I think he said Satan came to Jesus and said, Jesus, we could fast track you out of here and you could bypass the cross and all that other stuff. So, you know, he was talking about the quick pass, the highway, the five the 50, the 60, the 70 mile an hour lane, I didn't take that all week because I was afraid that was the devil's lane. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm sure he didn't mean that whatsoever. Anyway, my wife and I moved out, out of here about two weeks, uh, two months ago, and we are just enjoying the community. Um, but this move started in 2016. It actually started in 2020 when, uh, excuse me, 2000, when I first got into ministry. But God really started taking us along the path of wait a minute for him to guide things and to do things properly. So in 2016, my wife, Jerry, and I, excuse me, you know, when I mentioned my wife, I kind of get all flustered because she's so beautiful and loving. But I forgot, to, I wanted to show you guys three slides. I want to show you one slide. Of my kids back in the 90s, that's uh, Crystal in the middle, uh, Josh is on the right, and Wes Jr. is on the left. I'm pretty sure that's the way it is. And then there's another slide of the family showing up. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Hey, can I don't, uh, too late. That handsome young man in the tie and the suit was a picture of me. Yep, some, some many years ago when I was doing real estate and in business for myself and parking machines, but that's another story for another time. We'll just pass him real quickly. Um, and then this final picture here is a picture of us in Tahoe last year. Uh, there's my three sons, uh, my two sons and son-in-law, my daughter and our grandbaby, uh, Rowan. Uh, we just had a wonderful time of connecting. So family's important. I know family is really important and that's why we're here. Before we get started, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for uh, your love for us and your guide for us. And Lord, I just pray that your words would speak and we're not run through today. And Lord, you know, uh, I got a cough and I know I have chronic and it just comes on and uh, I ask you to subside it. I ask that it would not interfere with your words today. And so Lord, we trust you, we rest in you and we wait for your anointing to come and join us today. So Lord, be here. Abide with us as we abide with you. Thank you. So wait a minute for us. 2016. Uh, my wife and I usually plan our vacations in the fall for the following year. So we're planning for vacations in 2017. 
she said, hey, why don't we try to do a sabbatical? And I said, a sabbatical, that takes like four to six weeks or a month. We don't have time for that. And she goes, no, when we do our weekly, um, uh, our weekly vacation, instead of just going and doing something, let's go and set ourselves aside for the Lord and to see his work. So we arranged it. I'm doing a quick summary of this event, but it's really happened. It was a long five years. In 2017, we went to two places in two different parts of the country. One was in Christianburg, Virginia, and one was in Los Angeles, California. We talked to two counselors on two different occasions, talking about two different things. One was in June and one was in October. But what both counselors said over extensive talks and conversations was, they asked us, have you ever dreamed what God has for you? Dream? We look at each other. Dream? Are you kidding me? We don't have time to dream. We are implementers. We are doers for the word of God. We are out there laboring for his glory. Hallelujah. That's what we do. Dream. We don't have time for dreaming. But that stick with us for a while. So in 2018, we kind of decided to start dreaming and trying to figure out what that looked like. And at the end of 2018, on into 2019, we really discovered that our dreams were similar. And the dreams were basically we, if there was no money involved, no talent involved, no time involved, if we could do anything that we wanted to do, we'd love to be able to serve pastors. We'd love to be able to serve ministry leaders and missionaries out of our own home. This is us living in Southern California where a scraper cost $800,000. And the home that we wanted, that we saw doing uh, ministry in, were probably like $10 million. So we kind of laughed, ha, 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 this will never happen. But one of the verses that really kind of helped us through that season was a verse that really kind of applies to our message series that we're going through. Wait a minute. It's Psalms 37, 3 through 7. So open up your Bibles and let's turn to Psalm 3 through 7. Let me read it as you follow along. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. This is what we do when we're waiting. When we have a wait a minute moment with the Heavenly Father, this is what we do. Matter of fact, I have experienced over the last several years, instead of waiting being negative, I see it as a positive. I see that when God calls us to wait, he increases our faith. He builds us up to have a, uh, we are in a posture of trust. We move out of having to get everything done now into taking off the urgency of the moment and giving our time and our desires to the Lord. Let's look at Psalms 37, 3 through 7, a little bit closer. Verse 3 says, trust and do good. Dwell in the land. Live and be fruitful. Verse 4 says, delight in the Lord. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Verse 6, he will bring forth righteousness and justice. And verse 7, be still before the Lord. Don't look around. Don't compare yourself to others. Isn't it easy 
for us to compare ourselves to non-Christians, right? Oh, they don't have Jesus. We understand why it's going so bad for them. But what about us comparing ourselves to our brothers and sisters, the ones sitting next to us on the right or the left in the aisle, right? I mean, we come to church. I'm a bit haggard. I'm a bit frazzled. He looks so peaceful. She sings so well. I, I don't have any of those skills. Lord, I'm comparing myself to my to my fellow brothers and sisters all the time. Matter of fact, my wife can sit and say the most beautiful things, and I'm just like going, I don't even know where she gets that from. I'm constantly comparing myself because I feel like they are more blessed than me. And I think the enemy really comes in at that point and says, yes, they are more blessed than you because what you have to do is you have to pray more. You have to read scripture more. You have to sing more. You have to abide more. You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to. That's what the enemy is saying. But Jesus says, come and abide in me because I love you. I want to care for you. Don't compare. Everyone is on their journey and God has each one of us in the right place at the right time with the right abilities to do his work and do his calling. All we have to do is sit and wait. Well, back to our experience over the last five years. My wife and I spent 2017, 2018 kind of praying and figuring out all this other stuff. And it nothing, nothing melded, nothing happened, nothing came to fruition. You know, she worked. I was an executive pastor of a church. She worked 40 hours a week. I probably worked 10. I'm, I'm kidding. I worked a full time, but it just seemed like I was always more available to than her because when she goes to work, she has to focus on that stuff. And she just didn't have any bandwidth for anything else. And so we're praying and, and talking about that. The dream didn't go away. We wanted to serve pastors. We wanted to serve ministry leaders. We wanted to serve missionaries. We wanted to host them in our own home. But we thought there was no way. We were looking around the corners going, is this big house going to be ours? You know, are we going to be able to do it out of here? Are we going to be able to win the lottery and, and do all that? None of that stuff just kind of panned out. So 2019, I go to a pastoral care conference, and lo and behold, uh, they ask us to fill out a 3 by 5 card and throw it in a fishbowl. So whatever, there's like 70 of us there. At the end of the day, the leaders of a ministry that I'm now part of came up to the host and said, Hey, look, Chris, we want to give a pastor and his spouse a, a free week retreat for Standing Stones Ministry. And out of 70 people, we had several drawings before. It was the last one of the day. The host drew my name out of the hat. So out of the blue, out of a fishbowl, out of a three by five card, God speaks and says, this is the place for you. Oh my gosh, it was unbelievable. We didn't know the magnitude or the longevity or any of that stuff would happen. But that's where it got started. So we went with Standing Stones, and we were with them in 2020, May of 2020, in the middle of everything breaking out, pandemic, you know, the COVID, all that other stuff. We went to LAX, and it was the first time we've ever been to LAX, and there was no one in the airport. There was no one in the horseshoe. There was nothing. We walked from our parking lot where we parked the car over to the gate. We hardly saw anybody. Matter of fact, the host called us and said, hey, you guys still going to join us? Because everyone's canceling. We didn't really have that much of a concern. We knew 
um, that we were good, so we went ahead and joined them. We spent a week with them, and it was just unbelievable. They served us. They cooked for us. They helped us realize some of the uh, traits that we had. We had some assessments that we talked about. It was a solid week. We arrived on Monday night and left the following Sunday morning. Unbelievable over the top. We said we wanted to be a part of this. So we thought about being a part of it just in, you know, kind of doing it as voluntary. We didn't think it was going to be any kind of ministry or anything that was going to happen other than just voluntary stuff outside to where we could do this once a week, maybe not once a week, do it once a year for a retreat like that. Well, anyway, let's get back to Psalms 37. So Psalms 37, I have some slides up here that are really kind of key for me. I see verse 3 is pursue, trust and do good. Amen. Trust and do good. Because when we dwell on the land, he wants us to be fruitful. We may not be in the place that he wants us to be yet. Let me rephrase that. I may not be in the place I see where God wants me to be yet, but God says, live in this place. Trust me. Do good. Dwell and be fruitful. Bless it. Bless the land. Bless the community you're in. Bless those around you. Set yourself apart for me. God says, set yourself apart for me because I want to bless you and I want to bless those around you. The second one that's really significant there is praise. I see praise. Delight yourself in the Lord. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, He is what makes us happy. He is what brings us joy. He is the one that satisfies us at the end of the day. He is the one that is allowing us to live where we're living. And praise acknowledges who the greatness of Christ is. And so we praise Him with our heart. We praise Him with our mind. We praise Him with our inner being. We praise Him with song. That's how we praise God. So we delight in the Lord. And He will give us desires of our heart because when we delight ourselves in God, we become more like Him. We become in tune with Him. And He becomes less of a cosmic butler to carry out our wants and needs, and more of a friend who guides and directs us. So that's your praise. And then purpose. Verse 5 says, commit your way, right? We trust and do good. We delight ourselves in the Lord. And then purpose, we commit our way. We say, Lord, it doesn't matter what you have for us. We want to follow you because we know that you love us, because we know that you're a jealous God who cares for us, who knows our inner being, you created us. So therefore, we want to commit our way to how you want us to walk. So we have pursue, praise, purpose, and a positive mental attitude. The positive mental attitude aspect on this is the hardest thing for me. I get so anxious. I get so concerned about the next that I not even focus in the now. A positive mental attitude to me, attitude for me is a is a way to trust God and to know that if things don't look the way they should, they will soon because God is working in the background. God is in the background working and doing things and creating things to happen so that we can be able to walk in his fullness. And then finally in verse 7 it says patience. Be still and know. When he says just a minute, when he says wait a minute. When he says, not now, trust him. Be still and know him. Do not look from side to side asking, 
What about Miss Susie? What about Bobby? What about Jim? They've got a big truck. They've got a big job. They've got, you know, a big house. What about those people? They're, they're more blessed. They're more spiritual. I want to be spiritual. I want to be blessed. I, God, what about me? And he says, take your eyes off of the right. Take your eyes off the left. Forget what lays behind you. Have your eyes focused on me. When our eyes are focused on Jesus, that's all we need to see. That's all we need to see is our eyes focusing on Jesus. Now, some of the wait-a-minute ideals are also found in Philippians 4, 4 through 8. And Philippians 4, 4 through 8 just screams at me on how we can handle, how we can wait, and how we can thrive in the waiting of that. So let's look at Philippians 4, uh, 4 through 8. Oh yeah, um, but before we do that, let's finish the story of my wife and I. So last year about this time, we were praying and we were asking confirmation of the Heavenly Father. This is May, so it happened six months of last year. We were praying, we asked for confirmation, whether it be through song, whether it be through service, whether it be through a sermon we listened to or a podcast we heard, we asked for confirmation. And one after another, moment after moment, we had confirmation. Matter of fact, it was so overwhelming, we just really knew that it was time to allow our leadership team at um, Bridge South Bay in El Segundo that we feel like God has released us from our responsibilities here. We continued to pray about it. We figured the timing would be best in October of last year, and we were going through that through the summer. Our senior pastor returned home from vacation in August, and due to circumstances, we really felt that it was time to talk to him about that then. Uh, arrangements were made. Transition was taken care of. It was smooth. It was God-breathed, God-glorified, and God-honoring. We did everything we could to do that, and we just really had that transition going from September, October, November, December, and then we were released the first part of December, and we got to say our goodbyes, and we had uh, just a beautiful time of being able to transition out of our responsibilities and into the responsibilities here. And oh, by the way, we moved here in uh, April. I'm pretty sure it was April. Uh, and in December, we weren't really sure that my wife would be able to keep her job and be able to translate it from having to be in-house all the time to being able to do work remotely. Well, we found out in February that she was able to do that, which is another just amazing thing. Last year at this time, we felt led to be released from Bridge South Bay, but yet we did not know our income. We did not know what we were doing. We did not know how we were going to live. But God was faithful in how he presented that. God is faithful because he caused circumstances. He made everything work together as long as we were walking with him. He guided us and directed us in such a way that we were able to walk in that. So when I hear, wait a minute, I think of it as a positive. When I hear, wait a minute, I think of it as an opportunity to grow my faith. When I hear, wait a minute, I see an opportunity to trust in the Lord more than I've ever trusted him before. But it was only day by day 
that we were able to do that. Trusting in the Lord in the future and in the tomorrow starts with today. It's day by day. It's day by day. Let's go on to Philippians 4, 4 through 8. I love Philippians 4, but I'm just going to focus on four verses. It says, get your Bibles out, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. He wants us to talk to him. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. And verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Rejoice! Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Rejoice! Don't be anxious about tomorrow. The Lord is at hand. He is closer than you think. Wait a minute. Pause. Before your next meeting. Before your next phone call. Before your next decision. Before your next task. Pause. Say thank you, Lord. Because I know you're working. Because your word says I know I'm working. Thank you, Lord. Talk to him. Tell him everything that you're going through. The Lord seeks more of a relationship with us than we could possibly ever imagine. He cares for you. Tell him about your feelings. Tell him about your health. Tell him about your concerns. Tell him about your family. Sit in the quiet place that's only by you and scream to him. Family, your heavenly father loves you so much. He cares for you so deeply. And he wants to be involved in your lives in such a way that you are abiding more than you are doing the tasks. God wants us as we are. He wants us now. No more excuses. No more, I can do it later. No, he wants us now. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he wants more of you. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he wants you. Not because he needs you, but he wants you because he wants the fellowship with you. He wants the fellowship with you. Matter of fact, uh, an old country preacher I heard in, a, in a, a sermon once said, if you don't know Jesus, you need to know him. And if you know Jesus, you need to know him better. That stuck with me for a very long time. Just remember, God wants to replace all of your thoughts of anxiety, all of your thoughts of fear, all of your concerns about tomorrow, all of your concerns about your parents, all of your concerns about your kids, all of your concerns about your spouse, all of your concerns about Susie who's sitting to the right or Johnny who's sitting to the left. He wants you in a relationship. He wants you in a vital relationship. And you're wondering, how can I do this right now when fear grips me? 
How can I go through the day when I have the kids yelling at me, when I have the spouse not going well, when I have work crawling all over me, where my family is sort of demanding, how can I do this? I would encourage you to start every day, whether it's five minutes, 50 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, pause and say, Lord, I'm yours today. Lord, I need you to make it through this day. I'm depending on you to help me make it through this day. So how do we do it? I want to tell you how we do it. Not only do we pause in that, but how do we wake up in the middle of the night with fear gripping us, with the problems that we have, thinking about the budget for tomorrow or the work and waking up in the middle of the night is found in Philippians 4.8. I read it before. Let me read it again. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Focus on, look at this. This is all characteristics of who Jesus is. Whatever is true, Jesus is truth. Whatever is honorable, Jesus is honorable. He is just. He is pure. He is lovely. He is commendable. He is excellence. And he is worthy of all of our praise. Can we focus on the truth that is found in Jesus? Can we see his work? Can we depend upon him? Let me ask you those questions again. Can we focus on the truth that is found in Jesus when we have all this all this talking and screaming into our heads, all this information that we're receiving through our phones, through our laptops, through our TVs, all the noise that we have. Can we really see the truth that is found in Jesus? Can we see his work? Can we depend upon him? I'll tell you, we can. If we focus on nothing but the love of Jesus. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And focus on the love of Jesus. Focus on the aspect that he came to be with you. And that he abides with you through the Holy Spirit. Focus on, focus on Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, remember the attributes of who Christ is. He has the fruits of the Spirit that demonstrates who Jesus is. But Jesus is true. He is honorable. He is just, he is pure, he is lovely, he is commendable, he is excellent, he is worthy of praise, he is worthy of all of our attention. Today is the day to make the decision to be with Jesus, whether knowing him for the first time or whether knowing him more or better than you did when you first walked in. He is waiting here with open arms. He knocks at the door and is ready to come in and have dinner with you. Jesus is the reason to wait a minute. Because when we wait a minute, we abide in him. When we wait a minute, he abides in us. When we wait, we see the fullness of who he is. Jesus is the answer for all of our problems. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the moments today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for guiding us. And Lord, thank you for helping us make decisions to know you for the first time and to know you better than we did when we first came in. 
Lord Jesus, we give you today. And Lord, would the words of your message today, would they fall on fertile hearts? Would they um, cause for greater understanding and a greater revelation of this week? And Lord, just ask a blessing of health and wholeness and peace over all of your people here today. Amen.